Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. Uh, we are in a new collection of talks uh, kicking off this week for the next few weeks called Made for Mondays. Made for Mondays. And this is all about your purpose, your design, and really, but what, what I believe is that what God wants to do inside your schools, inside your workplaces, inside your office, inside the marketplace, inside your families, I believe that God has designed us for purpose. And that when we, when we get in alignment with God's assignment, all of a sudden, great things can, can come out because we understand our purpose and our design. So uh, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you uh, to have, bring your Bible. Um, bring, I like to bring a hard because I like to write. I'm a writer in the Bible. You know, like sometimes the preacher says something that's really good that I wouldn't get out of my devotion. So I always want to make sure that I'm writing in there. Uh, if you have a, how many electronic Bibles do we have? Let's see. I would hate for those to die and you got to cast the demon out. Hello. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but um, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Genesis 126. Uh, and I want to remind you that note takers are history makers. So make sure that you're taking notes. And uh, Genesis 126, it says, then God said, how many know when, when, when God says something, it's pretty important to follow, right? It says, then God said, this is the creation story. Let us make mankind in our image. Isn't it interesting, the verbiage that's used there? Let us let us. It's not let I, it's let us. So I believe that God's talking in, in, in similar context to the verbiage of the Trinity. Let us make mankind in our image. He didn't use singular, he used plural, our image. Um, and it says, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea. This is what God is doing for you and I. He's creating us, okay? And this is Adam that he's creating, but we are descendants of Adam, amen? Okay, you're going to have to talk back to me. I know it's dreary outside. You can go get your chili later and get warmed up. But come on, you need to get your energy up with me. Come on. But it says, and I realize I've been on vacation for a week, so I'm ready to go. Um, anyways, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Today, in this collection of talks titled Made for Monday, the title of my message is Live It Out live it out. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so grateful that we have a firm foundation in you. We're so grateful that we can love you and we can trust you and we can believe in you. God, that we might not always understand everything, but we know that you're good and your design is good. So we trust you today. God, be with us in these moments. Uh, let us live out uh, what we learn on Sunday on Monday. So we love you today in your name. And everyone said? Amen, amen, and amen. Well, I, uh, I find it so interesting that when we live out our faith, the things that take place, you know, how many have ever had experiences where you've lived out your faith and all of a sudden conversations or dialogue have been created? Meaning, um, you know, maybe you have gone with us on our Mexico missions trip. 
okay? And you have to go and take your time off from work because your boss doesn't quite allow you to go on missions trips just for fun. So what you had to do is you had to take some time off, right? And so you have to go to your HR director and you say, hey, you know what? I actually have to take this first time in August off. I just really need to take it off. And they're like, well, why? Well, I'm going to Mexico to build a home with my church. And all of a sudden, what ends up happening? Ears perk up. Maybe it's, maybe it's talking about connect groups. Oh, I can't meet on Friday night because I'm going to so-and-so's connect group, the couple's connect group that meets on Friday night. I'm going to make sure that I'm there for that. You know, all of a sudden, dialogue's created. Or like Night to Shine. Night to Shine is one of the biggest outreaches that we do. And what's cool is when, is when within Night to Shine, there's always conversations that take place because you're saying it. Not just because of what you see on the news, but just because of the conversation. Hey, on February 8th, 2019, we did this incredible dance. You should see it. And then you show them the video. And then what happens? You get an opportunity to tangibly talk out your faith, right? Right? Like, like, isn't it fun to talk about your faith? I love talking about my faith. I love creating spaces and places for me to talk about my faith, but it's not good enough just for me as the pastor to talk about our faith or my faith. I love when the body of believers rises up and talks about their faith. Amen? And really, I've heard so many people come with the mindset of, I'm going to talk about my faith, and they don't necessarily know about how to, how to do it or how to do it in particular. Well, maybe what you should do is just try to put a Bible on your desk. Honestly, like, what, like let's just try a practical, simple, like maybe just put a Bible on your desk. I remember when I've worked in different areas and different arenas that were not churches or not faith-based, what I would do is I would put a Bible on my desk praying and hoping that someone would come in and ask me about it. Because I wasn't fearful to talk about my faith. Everyone, I think we get this, this stigma that we're going to put the Bible on our desk and then everyone is going to have these theological questions that it's going to really freak us out, right? They, oh, I'm not equipped. I don't know how. Well, you know what? Say, you know what? Let's, let me ask my pastor. Let me ask Pastor Bob. Let me ask somebody else to get some counsel. But what you need to do is understand is that you are made for Mondays. You're made to set that Bible there and have a conversation because you know what? Your conversation with that person might be the only spiritual conversation that they might ever have in their life in their life. But what happens is we're not willing to actually step out to even take a risk to allow that to take place. I remember this time, Katie and I were newly married. Uh, it was a great time of our lives. And we were living in the city of Kirkland, Washington. And while we were living in Kirkland, we had this little dippy apartment. It was like 422 square feet. And it was, in, it was just horrible, but it was, it, it was ours. And we were so happy that we were there. And I worked for the city of Kirkland where I uh, did like kind of blue collar work. I worked on the ball fields. I would edge them and I'd trim them and I'd mow them and I'd work hard. I'd work hard with my hands and I loved it. But I had my boss one time come to me and go, hey, uh, Todd, uh, we have a mandatory meeting Sunday. Mandatory meeting Sunday morning. Everyone's got to be there. No, no questions asked. You got to be there. And I said, oh, well, hate to say this, but you know, like one thing that I do on Sunday mornings and it takes priority over everything else is I go to church. And they're like, well, nope, it's mandatory. I was like, well, you can kind of let me go. I'll find another job. There's a lot of jobs out there. And they were like, they're like, no, you have to be there. I said, well, I guess what I'm going to do is I guess, I guess you'll just have to let me go. I mean, like, I'm a pretty good worker. I show up on time. I, I, I do good work. I guess if you, you know, it's just, it, it creates a priority in my life for what I need to do every day. And, 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 and faith-based things are important to me, and especially when it comes to Jesus. And so I really have to, I set apart that time every week. And the boss kind of was like, oh, well, um, maybe we can slip this one time. I was like, no, no, no. 
it's not just one time. This will be every Sunday. So don't ever schedule me on a Sunday morning because I'm gonna be in church because I need that for my soul. I'm a better worker when I'm at church because I'm getting fed what I need to get fed. And then I can live it out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and eventually Sunday because of what I'm getting fed in this house. So when I made God a priority, all of a sudden things came in alignment on the regular, on a daily basis. What I saw is when I put God as my priority, on Sunday, what happened then was I had opportunities to counsel people on Mondays. I had an opportunity to pray for people on Tuesdays. They, they, people would, would be struggling with relationships and God would put me in their path just to sit and talk to them. And it's funny when you actually go and you step out in faith and you live out your faith and you say, God, I'm going to make you a priority. All of a sudden, the God-sized conversations that come in place. I believe that God has a ministry for you on Monday. I believe that God has a ministry for you on Monday. For I believe that you have to have a, a ministry on Monday. You also have to have a ministry on Sunday. But I believe that you also have to have a mission in the world. And look at your neighbor and say, I'm made for Monday. Oh, come on, you, you can do better. Look at the other neighbor that you neglected and say, I'm made for Monday. And really the reason why we're going to talk about it like this is you spend a third of your week at work. And maybe you're sitting in this room and you're saying, oh, I'm retired. I don't, I don't work. Well, I've heard talk to a lot of you that say you're retired, that you work more now than when you actually had a job. Okay, so we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to eliminate that myth right there. So let's, let me break it down for you. I broke it down for the team a few months ago in regards to this. Now, if you, have, let, let, if you have 56 hours that you work, you're like, oh, I don't work 56 hours. Your commuting time, we all know that you work more than 40 hours a week, even though you're only getting paid for 40 hours a week. Hello. You're working more than that. There are times where you're commuting. There are times where you have phone calls. I know for a fact that really there are times where I get a phone call at 1 a.m. and it's a desperate situation and I don't, I don't go, well, I'm really sleeping right now, so can I call you later? No. We have situations in our life that we have, we have 56 hours that we work, correct? Okay, that's eight hours a day. That's roughly seven days a week. I know that you say, well, I take the weekend off. Well, you commute to work. That might take an hour. We live in San Diego. Hello, it takes some time to get to work. Okay, so 56 hours you work. Then you sleep. If you're good and you sleep eight hours a night, uh, new parents, I'm sorry, <laughs> not gonna happen. Uh, but if you, if you sleep eight hours a night for seven nights, how many hours is that? 56. So, so you, you sleep 56 hours, you work 56 hours, and then you have 56 hours of free time. So a third of your time is work, a third of your time is sleep, and a third of your time is free time. It kind of is convicting when you think about how you manage your time, right? Um, but when you really think about it, if you spend 56, a third of your week with people, don't you think you should be making a difference in that place, in that space for what God has called you to do inside that place? If God has put you there for a third of your life, like you see more of your friends and coworkers at work than you actually see your own children because of the fact, don't you think that you should be making a difference in your workplace? Honestly, you should be making a difference that God didn't put you there for just you to make a living. <laughs> I hate to say that. Oftentimes you go to work and we're like, oh, it's Monday. I don't want to go to work. It's Monday. Friend, you are made for Mondays. That's where your ministry is. That's where your opportunity for growth is. That's where your opportunity to have conversations about Jesus is because you are made for Mondays. Yeah. 
I believe that you're called into the spaces and the places that God has put you. You're called to make a difference in the marketplace. You're called to make a difference in your school. You're called to make a difference in your neighborhood. You're called to make a difference in your retirement facility. You're called to make a difference in your family. You're called to make a difference when you walk in and you talk to your barista at Starbucks or at King's Craft. You're called to make a difference wherever you go, wherever you are made for Mondays. And oftentimes what we do is we separate, we separate like the pastors are the ones that are supposed to do the work of the ministry. No, we're the ones that are called to equip you for your ministry. We're called, that's what the Bible says. You argue with me all you want. That's what the Bible says. He says the pastors is, are called to equip and train you to do your ministry. And so what you're supposed to do is outside, you're supposed to be praying for people on Mondays, praying for people. You're supposed to be talking about your faith on Tuesdays because that's what God has asked you to do. He's asked me to do it as well, but he's also asked you. Can I give you a statistic? Did you know the average church has about 2% of people that invite others to church? 2%. 2%. Talk about making a difference and there's only 2%. That's the church big C. But that's just in, like when you think about that, that's 2%. I mean, that's not even a tithe of the people. Isn't that sad? They only talk about their faith. Okay, now, now did you know if you invite them, your coworkers, your family, your friends, at least 70% will come one time. 70% will come one time. But you have to go and step out in faith. I think it's so funny that we uh, were made for Mondays, but yet uh, we're so worried about being persecuted by a no. You know, we walk out, oh, I'm at work. I put my Bible there. I'm good. I sit there. And then all of a sudden we're like, hey, do you want to... Um no, I'm not ready yet. I'm, I'm not ready yet. And then all of a sudden we build up enough courage and we walk up and we're like, we're, around, we're in the lunchroom and we're like, <laughs> um, I had this thought, maybe um, me and you, um, I'll come back to, you know, like we, we, we go and we try to build up enough courage when we should just go, hey man, I do this thing on Sunday mornings. It's really hassle-free. It's about an hour, an hour and a half of our time. Uh, I find it really fulfilling. And what I do is I go to church and I meet with a bunch of friends and they're really awesome and it's just pretty simple. And I would love for you if you join me one of these times. Maybe you could just come on Easter. That would be a great time to come. And then all of a sudden they go, huh, wow, I may do that. So think about, I mean, like when you think about this, you actually have a higher percent of, of, of people saying yes than you do having people say no. 70% are willing to say Yes, I believe that you are called to make a difference around the world where God has called you and placed you to be. You have a calling, you're called. You might be a plumber, but you're called. Anytime you go into that home that you're going to fix some plumbing, that could be an opportunity for ministry right there where that family might need you because they're having so many issues around the house that they might just need you to sit down and say, you know what, I love you, I appreciate you, I'm proud of you. They might just need a little bit of encouragement. Maybe you just might be a smiling face for a moment. They might never see a smiling face and then they can go, well, why are you so happy? You're a plumber. Well, I have the love of Jesus in my heart and I can do anything that God says I am because I'm called according to his purpose. We don't have to wait to be this pastor to be called. You're all called. Every single person in this house is called to make a difference. You might be a teacher. I was a teacher for seven years. I was called to do it. Why? 
because I got an opportunity to sit down with little second and third and fourth graders and I had an opportunity to pray when their mother was sick, when their dad was sick. It's an opportunity. It's not an obligation, it's an opportunity. And when you shift your perspective and you understand that work is your worship, that work is your worship, that God has designed you and assigned you to the places and spaces that you are to be, that all of a sudden you wake up a little bit different when you go to work, that Monday is not, oh, I gotta go to work on Monday. No, I get to go to work on Monday because I have an opportunity to make a difference on Monday. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, guess what? You have an opportunity to make a difference because I know a lot of stay-at-home moms that talk to each other and they talk a lot and all of a sudden, guess what? You all of a sudden could be a beacon of light and hope in a situation where there might be challenges where kids are acting crazy and you know there's you're being pulled in every which way where mothers have this whole idea of you know and the stigma of, of should I pump should I do formula should I vaccinate should I not private school public school well you could be a beacon of light in that moment where you could just say hey you know what whatever you're gonna do I'm support you I'm behind you and I'm gonna believe the best is yet to come because Jesus is inside of me you're called to make a difference pastors are not the only ones that are called honestly Pastors are not the only ones that are called. And I believe oftentimes we sideline ourselves. We say, oh no, that's not my job. That's Pastor Todd's job. That's Pastor Bob's job. That's Pastor Katie. That's Pastor Claudia. Nope, that's Lucas's job. I'm not, that's, that's not my space. I can't do that. No, you can't score a touchdown if you're never in the game. Right. Honestly, it went real quiet right there. <laughs> You can't, like, like I can't go and, and want to score a touchdown or want to score, a, or, you know, I can't hit a hole in one. I can't pit, fill in whatever sports analogy, score a goal in soccer, make a layup, make a free throw, whatever you want. I can't, you know, serve up an ace and pickleball if that's your thing, shuffleboard. I mean, like we could, I can't do anything if I'm not willing to step in the game. And oftentimes we sideline ourselves with excuses that I can't do that, I'm less than, I don't know enough, I'm not a pastor, I didn't go to Bible college, so therefore I can't make a difference. When really I believe that God is saying, why don't you just step out in faith and watch what I do? God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, and you all are called in this house. Every single one of you was called, so therefore you need to stop sidelining yourself and you need to step in the game of life. And you need to operate and be in fulfillment and see what God can do. We serve a God that is for work, that God is working all the time. You see, the Bible opens up with not this cosmic clash and all of a sudden things took place. The Bible opened up and it was this idea of God is moving. The first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God what? Created. Was he working? Yes. He was moving. He was working and he's moving. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He was working. He also rested, which is a good thing to do as well. But I think so often we try to go off the clock and we try to punch out. Imagine if God punched out of your life and said, nope, I'm not going to deal with so-and-so. <laughs> Have a good life. And they're going to, I mean, imagine what God would do for, I mean, if that happened for five minutes, you couldn't even breathe. I mean, the anxiety and the rush of, of worry, but God has been working from the beginning of time. And then Jesus, who healed on the Sabbath in John 5, 17, it says, in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to the very, to this very day. I too am working. So he's talking about his father in heaven. He's working, but Jesus is also saying, I'm on the move, I'm working. And if we're supposed to be like Jesus, we're supposed to work like Jesus, right? Yeah. 
We're supposed to be active in our faith. God is working and Jesus is working and God loves work and he created, act. okay, some of you think that work create came after the fall. You're like, oh, I loathe work. I'm so not happy to do it. So therefore I don't want to do it. And it must've came after Adam and Eve ate the fruit. No, no, look at this. Genesis 2.15, it says, it, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and take care of it. So before the fall of man, we have been called to work. We have been called to work, to work as worship. And, and we have something to do. You know, I got back from vacation yesterday. And yeah, we, were, we went on a cruise. I highly encourage go on cruises. They're way amazing. You go to multiple places. If you don't like water, probably not your thing, uh, but we like to cruise. You get to wake up in a bunch of different destinations and you get to eat a lot of food. I, didn't, I, I ate whatever I wanted. I don't normally do that. I did work out every day though. Katie's my witness. Um, and so, uh, but we, we were on vacation, but come about day six, day seven, because we were gone for about eight days, I was, we, we were looking at each other and we're like, we're ready to get back <laughs> because there's work to be done. There's work to be done. There are things that I need to do. There are things that I need to move on. There's things that, that, that people are, 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 are living without a creator of heaven and understanding of their design of who Jesus is. And so you know what? It was great to be on vacation. It was great to put my feet up on a lounge chair, but even greater, it's better to come back and notice that I'm repurposed and excited about seeing Jesus move in this city. And what if we had some people rising up that said, you know what? I'm gonna look at work as my worship and I'm gonna operate because I'm made for Monday. I'm I'm not made for just Sunday. I'm made for Monday because I'm going to go and be active in my faith. Amen. And you want to know something else? This is kind of interesting in my study. Work actually separates you from the animals. <laughs> Think about it. What do animals do? They eat and sleep. That's it. We eat, sleep, and work. So we have three things. Because if we didn't work, guess what? We'd be animals. I mean, think about that for a moment. If we didn't work, we would be animals. But, but, but I need to also realize this, uh, and I think we need to realize this, is that, is that we need to stop the if only mentality. We have these ideas of if only. If only I had a different job. Maybe God called you to that job for that reason. Oh, if only I was younger. All of a sudden, we're sidelining ourselves. We're discounting ourselves. If only I was younger. If only I had this education. If only I did something else. If only, if only, if only. All of a sudden, now we are operating in the calling that God has given us because we're sidelining ourselves by the if only mentality. I believe, I believe that you have a ministry in the world yet to be fulfilled, and that is in your marketplace, that is in your space and in your place. And I believe that you are a difference maker. Everyone say, I'm a difference maker. And God has you in the right place at the right time. And I believe that God has desired to elevate. He desires for you to elevate your current place and your current environment. Think of it like this. Maybe the thing that you're frustrated about at your job Maybe you're the one to call, that is called to elevate the next level. Go to a different place in space. I believe that 
followers of Jesus, that Christians are the ones that should be the ones that are pressing on in the marketplace, that are elevating the level of expectation, that are not working the bare minimum, but going above and beyond. And if you don't think that I believe it, just look at how much I try to work because I want to work because I want to see God move in this city. And I'm not going to sleep until I see God move. Trust me, I'm going to have some rest, but yet there are things that have to be accomplished. And trust me, there are things in your space and place that God wants you to accomplish. And maybe you're the conduit. You're the thing that's supposed to create revival in your workplace. But you've been ignoring it this whole time and you've said, no, I can't do it. I'm not equipped. I don't have the foundation. I don't have a Bible college degree. I'm gonna, I need Pastor Todd to come in here and do a connect group inside my workplace so that all of a sudden things can take place. No, maybe what if you're the one that says, I'm gonna buck up, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna make a difference in my workplace. I'm gonna stand up for who I am. Amen. Friends, don't quit. Embrace what God has for you. Some of you are willing to quit. You're ready to quit. Don't quit. Remember, the inside, or I'm sorry, the, the bookends of don't quit is do it. That's if you look, D-O-N apostrophe T-Q-U-I-T. Take out the N apostrophe T and the Q and the U. It says do it. Don't quit. Do it. Keep going. Keep going. Ministry is not just what you do on Sunday. It's not what you do in this church. It's, it's bigger than that. Trust me, it's so much bigger than that, that ministry is greater than what you do on Sunday. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says it like this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teacher to equip his people, okay? Remember how I said that the pastors are the ones that are equipping people to do the work of the ministry? Guess what? That is our job as your pastors, is to equip you to do the ministry. That's why we have next steps, that's why we have next steps. It's so you can sit down and discover your design so that you can, you can live on purpose and on mission. That, that all of a sudden you go, I look at Andy in the back. Andy, uh, we have that ramp that he created for Night to Shine. Amen. It's still out there. Uh, it's awesome. And one thing I love about that ramp is that Andy has the ability with craftsmanship. He has the ability to help, you know, like the kids' rooms. Andy was the one that created all of that design, the slides and all of that stuff. He has that in his DNA and in his skill set. So guess what? He's blessing the ministry by doing what God has designed him to do. You want to know where he learned that? He did learn that from a young age, but also he learned it by coming to next steps and understanding what God puts in his hands and how he can utilize that to be effective for the kingdom. What if we were people that decided to be effective for the kingdom and we decided to go to next step so we could understand our design so that we could go and descend into our spaces and our places so that we could see what God can really do in our marketplace. Amen? Amen. And I believe that you need to go and we're, we're here to equip you for the marketplace. So it says to equip his people for service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We want to be built up as the body of Christ. Romans 12, I love what this says. This is so convicting, but it's so true. Romans 12, and this is in the message. It's a little bit easier to understand. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God is, God's helping, or God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. 
Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Our lives are everyday ministry. Our lives are that. I love seeing business leaders. I love seeing people that are in sales and teachers and baristas and moms and retirees look at their space and their place as ministry. They don't loathe what they do. They love what they do. And they, and they understand that God has equipped them. Maybe you've been retired for quite some time. Maybe you are in a space of business and you're retired. Maybe you should take, that, take that, the mentality that, you know what, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna mentor somebody in business so I can see them flourish based upon my experience. And all of a sudden, Jesus might be entered in the equation. It's amazing that when we, when we live on purpose, what God can do in our life. Mark Tedford, the partner of Tedford Insurance, says it like this. He wrote an article titled, Created to Work. Created to Work. Most church members are skilled and gifted in ways that are best used outside of the church walls. For most of us, our call is to use the talents for God's glory and work. God has wired you in a way to make a difference. He's wired you in a way to make a difference. And you're probably like, well, what does that mean? Well, I believe that your vocation is your calling. And you're probably going, well, I don't necessarily, I don't really like what I'm doing. Well, maybe that's for a, a, a time period. Maybe God has put you in that space for that time period. But, but let, me, let me give you the root of vocation. Can I do that? It's a Latin word that means vocare. And that word vocare, the Latin root means to call, to call. And so each and every one of us are called in the vocation that we are assigned in right now. We are called to live it out. And it might not be forever, but let me tell you, it's for this time and it's for this season. So you better do it like it's worship unto God. Amen. Like it's worship unto God. I, let me say it like this. I believe that you need to do God's will, not man's work. So many times I heard, I heard it while I was on the cruise boat. People are going, oh, I work for the man. I'm like, what are you doing working for the man? Work for God. Because what happens is when you wake up every day working for the man you think, all of a sudden, that's not a calling. That's a job. Walking up and going, oh, I'm just so grateful to be at work. You know, like we put that up. No, we need to work for God because God is the greatest HR director known to man. He can promote you. He can take care of you. He can provide for you. But so often we walk into situations and we're working for man when really we should be working for God. We should be doing God's will, not man's work. You have a ministry. You need to make a difference in the space and the place that you are. Also, we need to, we need to start living by our calling, not by our feeling. It went quiet. We need to live by our calling, not by our feeling. How many have ever felt like you didn't want to go to work? Sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. Come on, take the mask off, people. It's a great. How many felt that you didn't want to go to work? Yeah, good. Okay. So we're all real and we're all honest. This is kind of like what a connect group is. Yes, we, uh, we take our mask off and we say, guess what? I, I didn't want to go to work. Well, I believe that, that if we live by our calling, not by our feeling, we all of a sudden wake up ready to go to make a difference in that day. We don't look at what we do and go, oh, I'm just, I don't really want to do that. Well, you get the opportunity to go, who can I influence today? I know a man that's, his whole idea of waking up in the morning is to create kingdom wealth to make a difference in the community that he's in. That's his whole mentality is to wake up so that he can earn money so he can give it to the church so they can make a difference in the world. Wow. Think about that for a moment. What if we rose up as a generation and said, you know what, I'm not going to go and I'm going to sit by and I'm going to let ministry pass me by. I'm going to step 
end of the game and I'm going to operate in this so that when I wake up on a Monday, I'm made for a Monday so that when I get to the office on Monday, when I get to being a, a mom on Monday, whatever I'm doing on Monday, all of a sudden I have a redesign and a repurpose in my life to live for a mission greater than my own. That's what God has designed us to do. And I believe, I, I, I believe that when you work, that you end up having, like, when you work with this mentality, you have greater peace. Because you understand that you're called. And I'm not saying that, that, that like, there are times, let's just be honest, where I, I don't want to be here. Let's just be real, right? Can I be, you, you don't want to be at your, work, your job, but it's not okay for me to say that to me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there are times where, where, where it's hard, where there's adversity and there's tears and there's struggle. There's, I mean, like, there's, there's so much stress and struggle and there are times where I don't want to be here, but you know what drives me every morning is understanding that there's a difference that God has asked me to make within our community that he has called me to make. And that calling has drived me to my knees at times, but it's also lifted me up to know that I'm going to go and I'm going to live on mission for that's what God has called me to do. The, I believe this, that when you take the C and the G off of calling, you have all in. And no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're walking through, that when you take that C and that G off of calling, and you're all in for what God has for you in that moment. Amen? Amen? You're quiet today. Amen. Good grief. You must have not drank any coffee this morning. I just, uh, I believe that we're, as pastors called to equip you, to live a life and to be equipped in the marketplace. And I believe that it's hard for, make a, for a church to make a difference if we're not willing to equip you to make a difference in the marketplace. I believe that we are called to equip you. Matthew 9.37 says, Then the disciples said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I'm going to say a radical statement. Can I make that radical statement for you? And this might offend you. <laughs> okay? And I, would, I, I think that it's okay. Um, but I'm going to make this rad radical statement that we need more workers than Christians. We need more workers than Christians. So oftentimes, you're like, well, what does that mean? Well... I believe that when you understand your design and you understand your purpose, I believe that churches have a ton of Christians that sit and take up space in a pew or in a chair or in a, a school and then they're just sitting there and they're wondering why we're not seeing any fruit in the kingdom because we're sitting here every Sunday and we're going, feed me, feed me, feed me, but we're not actually willing to step out in faith and, and believe that, that the Bible says, this is Jesus talking, the harvest is what? Plentiful but the workers are few. The workers are few. So we have, these, we have these people that are willing to sit here and they're going, oh, pastor, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. But they're willing, not willing to step in the game and make a difference. We got to make a difference, people. We want to see our world change. Guess what? Get in the game. You can't stand on the sideline any longer and say, oh, well, our country's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, what it used to be. Get in the game. Make a difference. Make a difference for what God has called us to do. Jesus said it. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is out there, but guess what? The workers are few. We need more workers to rise up. We need a generation of people to rise up and go, you know what? I'm not satisfied any longer with what has happened in the past. I'm going to be a difference maker for the kingdom because that's what his word declares. And really, this whole idea is when you understand whose you are, you understand who you are. When you walk into your office place and your workplace and you understand whose you are, your 
bought at a high price. Is Jesus getting for, is, Je is Jesus getting what he paid for? He paid for you at a high price. Is he getting in return what he paid for? When you go in the office, are you one, one that's, oh, you know, like, I'm kind of, I love Jesus, but like, you're just really hush-hush. I'm not saying be crazy and have a Jesus shirt and be like, look at me, here I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying get up on a, on a soapbox in your office. I'm saying love people, care for people. When they're going through it, you don't have to preach at them, pray for them. Just sit down with them and say, you know what? I know this divorce is hard. I know it's hard. I know. I might not even have walked through it, but you know what? Can I listen to you? Anytime you need a space to talk, it's safe here. By creating that space, you now all of a sudden allow them to take the mask and be take the mask off and be be free. Did you know you have to give an account for your ministry here on on earth? Romans 12:14 says, "So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God." We are called to we, are, we all have a calling to fulfill. Pastoral ministry doesn't equal making a difference. Making a difference means a life in ministry. It means understanding that I'm made for Mondays. Let me say, I'm going to say these last two statements. And then we're going to close. And these last two statements, Pastor Bob and Claudia led this church for so many years, 27 years of incredible ministry, making a difference in our world. And their missions mindset is incredible. Hundreds of thousands of people influenced by this idea of missions across the globe. And I believe missions is of the utmost importance. And I, what I love about Pastor Bob and Claudia is they just weren't missions-minded. They were, they were local church-minded. But this is the thing that I had. I was sitting on the airplane yesterday, and as I was reflecting about this message, I had this concept in my brain about this idea of missions that they created. What if we, as Trinity San Diego, decided that we were going to be missionaries in our local spaces and places? What if we were going to go in and we were thinking like, oh, I got to go to Bangladesh or I got to go to, you know, the Ukraine or I got to go to Uganda. No, what if you went to solar turbines and you were the one that went and created a difference in that space? What if you live like that? that? What if we as a church weren't the 2%, but we were greater than that and we were desiring to make a difference in our community in a greater way? What if we took... 200, 300, 400 missionaries and we descended upon San Diego and Poway. Do you think we'd make a difference? If we all understood that we were made for Monday. We are made for Monday. A.W. Tozer says it like this. One of the greatest hindrance to internal peace which the Christians encounter is the common habit of dividing our lives into two areas, the sacred and the secular. The sacred and the secular. Pastor Bob gave me this, this this morning. Martin Luther said, The Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Friend, we've gone so much about creating a space of secular and sacred that the Greeks actually created a hierarchy that the sacred was up here and the secular was down here. But what I believe and what we've been mandating as the church and the local church for that, the last few weeks, especially like in our relationships, is that when you, did, when you 
operate in God's design and in, in his container, all of a sudden you see differences being made in your local community. When you, you know, we talked about sex in the, in, in, in the container of marriage, right? And when it's in the container of marriage, it's okay. And it's God's design to all of a sudden see things take place. And I think that the, the culture has made us so counter to what God wants us to do. That what we've done is we now create a secular and a sacred and we separate them where God's intention was never to separate them, but to bring them together so that we could create effective people in the marketplace and in the ministry. And, and what we've been doing for so long as the church big C is we've saying, this is secular, so I'm gonna go do my life over here and I don't even like that word I don't like oh that's secular music I don't even like that word it's a weird word to say but we, we make things and we, 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 we put secular over here that this is work this is family this is life and then all of a sudden over here we're like oh Jesus may, let me make a difference in my community but we're never willing to merge the two we have to be people that merge what's over here and what's over here so that we can see a difference being made in our community. I believe that a cosmic collision will happen down here if we go and we look at what's secular and what's sacred and we look to Jesus and we bring it together and all of a sudden difference will be made in our marketplace. Difference will be made in our families. Difference will be made in our marriages. That when we begin to collide the two and we understand that we're made for Monday, all of a sudden you will see story after story of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy in your life and you'll be able to testify of the goodness of who he is but what we have to do is we have to understand that I'm made for tomorrow I'm made for Monday that when you wake up tomorrow you better hear my voice in your head Amen. and when you roll out of bed and you're going oh I don't want to do this you need to go you know what I'm made for Monday I'm made to make a difference I'm made to see people come to know Jesus. That's just not what Pastor Todd does on Sunday. It's what I have an opportunity to do on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday. We got to take what's secular and what's sacred and make them come together. And I'm not saying that we allow culture to influence us. We influence culture because we allow the sacred to infiltrate the secular. Because I know that when I live my life in a sacred way that all of a sudden the things in my life all of a sudden the secular things the things that are not of God they all of a sudden begin to change and I find a new meaning and I find a new purpose in my life because I, we always say we always say here you belong before you believe and you belong before you behave because I believe and we as a church believe that the sacred and the secular we're not saying have it all together Come here having it all together. Nope. I don't have it together. I don't have it together. And I would probably venture to say that you might have put on your nicest clothes today. You don't either. And we can come together. And we can say, you know what? I'm not okay. You're not okay. It's all going to be okay. And we're going to move towards Jesus. And we're gonna let him change the world through our lives when we're willing to say yes because we're made for Mondays. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes.